certainly one of the most anticipated NFL drafts we've seen in a long time. Aggies, uh, particularly one Aggie, could go very high in this draft. And uh, we wanted to talk to somebody who was very close to all these players, and that's Utah State head football coach Gary Anderson. And he joins us now in the Full Court Press. Coach, thanks for your time today. Hey, Coach. Well, you're welcome, guys. I hope all is well. Great to be with you. How are we doing? We're staying socially distant. I don't let Ajay close to me, which is usually a good thing anyway. <laughs> I never I never let Ajay close yeah, to me. Yeah, uh, we definitely know that, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> From your perspective, I mean, this isn't your first rodeo with seeing your players that you've been with, either as an assistant or as a head coach, getting an opportunity to go to the next level. Uh, but have you had a player talked about at such a high level as Jordan Love? Uh, probably Melvin Gordon. You know, Melvin was uh, very, very highly touted. Obviously, he came out and had a tremendous career. A lot of Heisman talk around him for a while throughout the year. Um, you know, that's uh, had the game where he held a single NCAA rushing record for what turned out to be a matter of hours, but he had it for a bit. So it was, uh, those have been very similar. Uh, it's, it's an awesome, unique opportunity when you're in that position to be around. The, the kids and their families were in those situations. And, you know, the good thing about Jordan, and I would say it's also about Melvin, is just had tremendous support and they handled it very, very well. And um, I don't, they don't, they don't need me to go through this process because they're surrounded by the right people and they were raised the right way. Hey, coach, you know, I, I feel like your message would be to all the kids who are entering the draft, you know, from Utah State or from wherever, is it's not where you get drafted. <laughs> But how you prove yourself after you get drafted. Guys like Bobby Wagner, uh, guys like Robert Turbin or Nick Vigil or Tyler Fackrell, all these guys have made a name for themselves, even no matter where they were drafted. I'm guessing that would be your message to them. No, absolutely. You know, they, they, every one of these kids have been in positions where they've had to fight for a spot, and it could go back into a little league, go back into high school. It could be another sport other than football, and obviously that happened. It took place for all the young men to have an opportunity to potentially play in the NFL. Uh, at Utah State this year and every year they turn around and get drafted. So, you know, the fight just begins by getting an opportunity. And, um, you know, hey, if you, the higher you get drafted, sure, obviously the opportunity you have to be able to make the team, but you still have to produce. And, you know, football is truly a, uh, it's a business when you get to that level and your ability to compete every day, your ability to fight every day, um, and, and do your job in a professional way on and off the field is, is an extremely high standard to get set. And, those uh, young men know that, and you know we really try to prepare them for that as they go through our our process and our team, and as they go through time, you know they they don't have to manage academics anymore when they get into the NFL. But there's so many things to juggle that are different. And there's a lot of stressors out there uh, for those kids, and we try to help. We try to prepare them as much as we can to get in situations to you know jump in there and have some success early. Certainly, a lot of NFL teams have been reaching out to you to assess. Your reaction, your knowledge about Jordan Love, what he's like off the field, uh, so things that they don't have tape on. What are some of the most common questions that you get about him? Well, just how he is as a leader. Uh, what his leadership skills, uh, his uh, his ability to you know handle success, his ability to handle failure, uh, his ability to handle any type of adversity that comes his way. Uh, you know what what is what is he like when he's off the field, how does he handle himself? Uh, you know, once he once he walks out of that facility and he doesn't have eyes on him other than himself or his teammates or whoever he's with, and you know, those are all common things because especially where Jordan's going to go, and he's a quarterback, 
he is instantly, to my opinion, tonight, his life is going to change forever. There's a lot of people know who Jordan Love was before tonight, but everybody knows who Jordan Love is after today and after he gets himself into the NFL. So his ability to be able to you know handle himself as an NFL quarterback and a high-level draft pick is is so important to those NFL teams and the management structure and and just the whole you know the whole program overall. Quite frankly, the city it's, it's a big part of it. And um, those are, they, they ask outside of football. Those are the common questions. Um, that they ask is just about, you know, character and things like that. And he checks every one of those boxes with an A+. Coach, similar question about David Woodward. He has he had a season cut short last year, but you know as better than, better than anybody else the kind of person he is on but off the field as well. For those GMs and scouts who are concerned about his health reasons, what positive reasons would you give about David Woodward to be drafted? Well, let's talk a football standpoint. Um, you know, the guy led our team in tackles at the end of the year, and he played what six games. Uh, that's that's one reason. <laughs> and he's he's extremely extremely instinctive. Um, I think his football knowledge, with the ability that he really grasped with Coach Anna over the last year, helped him continually grow and develop in that area, and would have continued to blossom. I think he had the same thing in the setting in the room with Coach Collins. He always wanted to want to learn, wanted to grow. Um, so that's a big part to him uh, as far as on the football side. And then off the field, you know, Woody is a very, very quiet kid. Um, but he was a leader for us. He was basically unanimously picked as a captain. And I don't believe that was just because he was such a good player. It was because, um, you know, how he goes about his daily business. He's extremely work-oriented. He's a tough kid. He's had some adversity in football, and he's fought through that adversity time in and time out, day in and day out. And, um, you know, so – all again, when he checks a whole bunch of boxes and the health scenarios and the issues, those are for other people to figure out. And uh, yeah, I wish we'd have had him all season, but we didn't. Um, and uh, he'll be if he gets an opportunity and is, and is healthy. He's a young man that is a very, very talented football player, which we've all seen, and again, a great teammate. Deepanali, Dominic Eberly, two other players that could get yep. their names called uh, before the weekend is over. What's uh, any sense that those guys might get drafted, or is it more likely that they? do some uh, undrafted free agent signings? You know, I have, I have no idea on any of those things. I get asked, well, where, where, who, are you, who do you think is going to pick Jordan? I have you. Your guess is probably a lot better than mine. Um, but, you know, they're both, they're both very unique. If you just look at Dom and see what, his, what he has done, his consistency, I think his ability to be able to show that he can't kick the ball off the way he kicks it off, and he does some really special things with the ball on placing it on kickoffs, which is a big part of the NFL game. And then obviously his his, uh, consistency and his mindset because of his extreme competitiveness in the soccer world is really, really helpful for him as far as competing in those moments where he may sit on the bench for two hours and 45 minutes and all of a sudden, okay, buddy, you're up, go win the game. Uh, I think he handles it extremely well because of his his competitiveness and his background within soccer and playing such a high level. Uh, And he is an extremely, extremely smart young man. So uh, he'll have an opportunity. I think he's going to go a long ways. It's going to be really hard. I think somebody really needs a kicker. If they give him the proper opportunities, I just believe Dom will answer the bell. And I think he'll be a hard one to say, hey, we're not going to keep this guy. Uh, I hope that's the case, and I believe it will be with Tipa. You know, Tipa has to find his spot. Uh, Tipa is a guy that's going to have to go in and into the league, and he's going to have to go in there and show that he's going to be that outside backer. He's going to have to show that he can gain weight and keep the weight on top of him. If he goes in and melts away 15, 20 pounds on an NFL, on an NFL roster, 
um, you're not going to be around. So those are those are those situations where he's going to have to be able to handle. He's extremely gifted. He can come off the edge. He does some good things. Um, he's got a good he's a good football mind. Um, but I haven't seen him for a while. I've heard he's gained some weight, so hopefully he hasn't. The, the NFL scouts have seen that, and wherever he lands, hopefully he can keep that on, and that'll be a big part of his opportunity to uh, stay and stick on an NFL roster. Coach. Uh... The other guys, were the former guys, the former Aggies who have now went on to the NFL and are having great careers, do you stay in touch with them, and how often? Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't really put a – I don't know how often I talk to them whenever needed or when I just want to reach out if they have a great game or if they're in the sure. season or and maybe a child or to see someone out there on them. Uh, this year, obviously, Kyler went to a new team. You communicate with him and his wife. So they go through time and – you know, reach out to Bobby and talk to Turbo a couple, three days ago on his little podcast. So the biggest thing for me is not how many times I talk to him. The biggest thing for me is each and every one of them understand and know that uh, I'm there for them. And that's uh, if they need me, I'm going to be there. And if I, uh, uh, but it's fun to, you know, see them progress through life, just like it is every kid that just in the NFL or any young men's played for us in the past. It's fun to, uh, when you hear something good about him, you should like to reach out to him and uh, just see how things are. Coach, along with that same topic about these former Aggies, I've never seen any coach get a testimony from former players like they gave for you on uh, your return back to Utah State University. What does that mean to you when greats like Bobby Wagner, Robert Turman, uh, the list goes on of all these players showing gratitude and appreciation for you and what it shows to Utah State University current football players now? Well, you know, I... I just think it shows the relationships are special. And, um, you know, when, when I, when I call these kids, kids, some people say, why do you call them kids? I, I, I feel like they're my, they're my kids. And, um, I want them to know that again, that I'm going to be there for them. And it, and when, when you can be there in their situation, they've had great successes. And then you can be there in situations when you haven't had great successes, when you're going through trial and time, really trying time, Brian Sweet, Look at the way that his teammates and look at the way that all the kids that have played football with Brian Sweet have come back to be able to surround him and be with him. And, you know, Stacy tracks him every day on her Instagram to see what's going on with him and how he's going through life. And, uh, but to have kids say things like that is very special because that's why we do what we do. That's why Stacy and I have always been in this profession is to make sure that we, you know, do our best to take care of kids and we'll put kids first. Sometimes people think we're crazy, uh, the way, way we go about it, but, uh, you know, we're never going to stop doing it. And to have those relationships, it's everything to us. We have our relationships with our kids and uh, now our sweet daughter-in-laws and our sweet grandkids and uh, and football players. And that's, that's kind of our life. So um, I love to hear those things. It's special. You know, we're talking to Gary Anderson, head coach for the Utah State football team. And coach, we heard some comments this week from Commissioner Craig Thompson about the future of football. There's still a lot of uncertainty out there. But one of the ideas that's been floated is – you know, we don't do uh, non-conference games. Maybe we only play conference games. Maybe games are played in the winter time or next spring. Uh, I mean, do you have an opinion on what what you would prefer to see, or is it all just it's out of your hands? There's nothing you can do about it right now. Yeah. Well, we would all like to have a normal season. There's so many things that are flying around. It just makes me chuckle, to be honest with you. I've heard I've heard so many things now that you know it's just this and that and the other thing. Uh, but the serious part of it is what we've done is we, we've got a date. And our date right now that we created long ago, uh, five weeks into it, five and a half weeks now into this cycle that we're in, is June 1st. And our schedule goes till June 1st. And then we'll reestablish as a, as a football staff and a football uh, family 
a new timeline at that point when we have a little bit better idea what July may bring. And if we don't know yet, then that's fine. We'll have a July plan. And that'll be a four-week plan, and we'll keep it going. Um, I, I need that. In my life, I need structure to be able to say, hey, here is a goal date. Kids need that. I think athletes, competitive people, successful people need that in their mind. It just can't be Groundhog Day again and again and again. So that's what we've done. Whatever's presented in front of us, you know, we are going to accept and be excited about. Again, for me, the biggest thing is, is we have to give the kids the opportunity to be prepared to be able to play. And um, what is that timeline? We all have our timeline. My timeline doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm going to have no bearing on it, but I've been asked many times my timeline by, by conference calls, by everybody that's been out there. And, and if I have my ideal world, it's eight weeks. Now, is that reasonable? Uh, is that going to happen? I don't know that, but if I get asked the question, it's eight weeks. If we get told it's four weeks, get ready to go play, then that's what we're going to do. And our kids will handle that and be ready. But, you know, right now the key is the kids got to understand this could come at them and be a regular season, so they need to accept the responsibility of being in shape. Our kids need to know, yes, Coach, when I come back, I'll be ready to run 10 gasters. They have to do that. That's the minimum that they need to be able to do. They need to maintain in the weight room if they have a weight room or they need to maintain in their workouts. And so we give them week by week, day by day, to that June 1st date, then we'll reestablish what the football environment is. I have no idea, but I know we'll get the Aggies ready and our kids will be chomping at the bit because they've had something taken away from them right now, which is, you know, it's a very unique situation, um, but it's been taken away, and I believe it's going to make them more hungry. Well, and you didn't even have the benefit of a spring uh, to develop depth charts and maybe moving p- people positions. I mean, you, you got to—it's going to take some time to develop all that. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, and it, it does. And you know, this this staff has done just an absolutely amazing job. And quite frankly, so the student athletes, along with everybody that we've gone through this process. But just specifically talking about football, you know, we have those unit meetings this this week and next week. We can't because of finals and because of test week. Um, but prior to that, we've every week we've had a unit meeting, a two-position meetings on each side. Uh, we have a staff meeting. We sit down on Monday and go over things academically. And Wonga and Slade have just been hit a home run academically with, with our kids, and our kids have done a fantastic job with the university adjusting in such a quality way, in my opinion, of, of allowing the, the, the kids, all the, all, the, all the students as a whole, uh, I can only talk about the student-athletes, but I'm sure the students were the same as a whole, just – the, the university the structure was awesome to get them up and rolling. Uh, the communication has been very good. So, you know, it's, uh, it's been good. Uh, but what we don't have, we don't have. And what we have, we have. And you know what? We have each other. We're healthy. And we're all blessed because of that. And so we need to wake up and smile and take advantage of the day. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time uh, today. I'm sure you're going to be watching this draft over the next couple of days with a, a lot of interest. And uh, we, like you, hope that we hear Jordan Love's name called tonight. Yeah, that would be awesome. And best luck to all the Aggies. There'll be some free agent kids that get their opportunities, and you know we'll uh, all Aggie Nation will be cheering them on. I know that much, and then we'll, we'll watch closely, and we're proud of them that they got to this point. And we'll see what the world brings to them. So I appreciate you guys very much, and and go Aggies, and everybody, please stay safe, and let's get through this thing. Thanks, coach. All right, thanks, coach.